Hey, this is York. Thank you so very much for coming back to my show. I hope that your Christmas and your New Year's went well. You know the old figure of speech that says there's no rest for the wicked? Well, that's definitely true in my case. Because I had to work on Christmas, Christmas Eve. I had to work on New Year's Eve as well, New Year's night. But you know what? I'm not complaining. At least I have a job. And so now this episode that you're going to hear, this is called The Arrow of Time Part 2. If you haven't heard Part 1, I suggest that you pause this podcast, go back and give it a listen. This one is a little bit more personal than the first one. Hey, hon. Just one moment. I don't mean to interrupt your podcast thingy, but how long is this going to take? Hon, I'm almost done. I just have to do a little bit of editing. I'm almost finished. After you're done, I needed to pick up a box of eggs, carnation milk, baking okay, soda, guys. toothpaste, duty calls, candles, frozen spinach. Okay, space lady, start the show. Greetings to all sentient life forms in the universe. Welcome to Poetic Earthlings, a show that will provoke, inspire, and alter your perception. Here's your host from a remote location south of the 49th parallel, York Campbell. Eighty years, 30,000 camels later, his pink lungs turned black. He replaced his Cadillac Seville with a 16-pound oxygen tank. Taking a few squirts of air, he breathed in two puffs of camels. His flannel shirt protected his wrinkled skin from the chills. He missed the feel of Italian silk, the double Windsor tie with a matching handkerchief, the golden pocket watch connected by a chain. He longed to open his own doors, drive away with the rooftop down with the wind moving through his hair. Sitting next to Jenny, with her overstated sunglasses and infectious smile, his Seville and Jenny have longed past. Only if they could be reincarnated, along with his golden boy charm, pearly white teeth, and arthritis-free bones. Final rest is a retirement home. Warm milk beside a fireplace, battling with distant memories. Longing for home. 20, 19, 18. For everything that happens in life, there is a season, a right time for everything under heaven. 15, a time to be born. 14, a time to die. A time to plant. 13, a time to collect the harvest. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to tear down. A time Love song spun on vinyl as puberty-stricken boys circled the dance floor. Girls dressed like tulips in their furly dresses desiring to be picked, eager to be noticed under the bouquet of stars. Boys are so sweaty, cardboard and rigid, stumbling over their own insecurities. How were they to lead a nation, fight wars and spark a revolution, if they can't even ask a girl to dance? I saw her. Silky milk skin 
and long hair over her sculpted shoulders. My legs felt like wood, could hardly move a few feet and ask the question. She said yes. We shuffled to the center, like a nervous pair of cannon Barbie dolls. Girls were mystical, foreign things, like rabies and fairy dust. I was uncertain where to touch, what part to hold. There's no instruction guide for the female kind. I had to improvise. I couldn't recall if there was any words. The three-minute song seemed infinite. Our dance moves were limited. I think this was her first time. When the song ended, we went our separate ways. No parting words or second glances. She went to the land of fairies and angels. I went back to the village of awkward pre-teens. I wonder how the decades have treated her. Does her long hair remain over her sculpted shoulders? Does her silky, milk skin remain flawless as snow? I don't expect her to be the tulip on the dance floor with her virgin eyes twinkling. She's probably deflowered and wrinkled with children competing for her attention. We're no longer 12, discussing new emotions, experimenting with our hormones. We are both full-grown and midway through life. I wish her the best. I'll never forget our first dance. Eleven. Ten. Crayon drawings of stick figures, arts and craft designs along with their signatures, outline of our handprints, a cassette tape thrown in with our favorite music, autumn sun, perched in the clouds, teacher adjusted his Polaroid as we assembled. This moment will be captured and dated. I may never see their faces again since time has a tendency of moving forward. Minutes will turn into days and days into decades. Everything will fade. Our childhood crushes and acne. Talent shows and bullies. Including our awkward teacher holding the camera. He snapped the photo gathered our stick figures, handprints, and signatures, placed the cassette tape on top of a Time magazine, enveloped the photo, and wrote the year in the center. Our teacher said something about the future generations as he cradled our future relics, placed them in a box, cut out a portion of the school portable, and covered it with wood. No one wants to be forgotten. We crave immortality. Every day, we build our time capsules to leave our evidence behind, rather books or work of art or the children we bear. My stick figures, handprint, 
and signature will live on in a time capsule long after I'm gone. She looks like hell in her orange jogging pants and purple hoodie. Her gray, thick hair was messy. Prune face bent inwards, skin thin and ghostly. If she walks through a wall, I wouldn't be surprised. Years turned into decades, small hammer and chisel chipped away her beauty. Young, perky breasts departed, curves turned into question marks. She sat across from the pharmacist, lips clamped to a Coke can, sucking up the nourishment. A teenage girl took notice. I could sense the disgust and the horror in her eyes. She probably thought one day I would look like this. Is this what old age has to offer? A pine box seems more comfortable. Oblivion seems more hospitable rather than looking like hell. But that's a bit too negative. I'm sure getting older has its benefits. It's not just popping pills and you slowly exit from the stage. Gray hair is a symbol of wisdom. To understand what came before is a blessing. If I was bold enough, I would spark a conversation, learn from her many years of living, acquire wisdom, see the universe from a different point of view, rather than writing my preconceptions of what it means to be old. time. People think it's something you have in dreams or when you're up against a deadline. But it's a well-defined concept. Imaginary time is like another direction in space. Six. Part 2. Written and produced by yours truly, York Campbell. Next time on the show, we're going to go back to the Quickening series, our time-traveling adventure written by Dark Samaritan. If you haven't done so, go back a couple of episodes and give them all a listen. And in that way, it will make a lot more sense. Also, do me a favor. Buy me a coffee. I know, that sounds weird. I don't want you to actually send me a coffee you know it will get cold depending on how far you are away from canada it's it's a website just go on buy me a coffee slash poetic earthlings don't worry it's in the show notes you could contribute a dollar two dollars or you could contribute on a monthly basis this helps to produce more shows just like this 
Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you next time.